Hey everyone, welcome to Tom French Preaching. This is the podcast of me, Tom French, preaching, just like the title says. I'm a guy who lives in Melbourne and does Bible talks for youth and other people around Australia and all over the internet. I'm also the author of Weird, Crude, Funny and Nude, The Bible Exposed, the very best book that I have ever written. For more information about my book or to see what else I've been up to, go to my website, tomfrench.com.au. And with that, let's get on with the talk. On the 31st of October 2014, I was diagnosed with a deadly disease, a disease which I will have for the rest of my life, and it is a disease called celiac disease. Now, if you don't know what that is, what it means is I can't eat gluten. I am a glutard. And, I, that, and gluten is found in wheat and barley and oats and rye. And if I eat it, because I have celiac disease, the first thing that happens is I get very well acquainted with the toilet. That happens. But the other thing that happens is eventually I get cancer and I die, which is a bad thing. And so this is what celiac disease does to me. And I found this out, the way it happened is because I I have a lot of people in my family who have celiac disease. My dad has celiac disease, my cousins have celiac disease, I have aunties have celiac disease, even my adopted sister has celiac disease. So I don't know how that happened, but everyone's got celiac disease. And, uh, and I suspected that I could have celiac disease, but I didn't want to know, because if I have celiac disease, then I can't eat donuts. And I love donuts. And I can't eat, you know, good smelling bread. Like when I walk past Subway, I go, and I don't, and, I, and it smells so good. Even if it's not real, I don't know if it's a real smell or that's a pshh. That's the Subway smell, but that smells great. I can't eat that. I can't have, you know, meat pies. I can't eat good pasta. I can't have lots of stuff. And so I didn't want to know if I had celiac disease, but I would get, I regularly got sick. Like I would get sick once a month and I just thought it happened to everyone. But it turns out it doesn't just happen to everyone. I started dating Em and she was like, this is weird that you're always getting sick. Maybe you should go to the doctor. And I was like, maybe I should, but maybe I should keep eating donuts. Yes. Uh, but eventually, you know, things just kind of got worse and worse. So I got to the point where I was just about to get married. And everything was, we were getting ready for the wedding. And, uh, and we are doing all the shopping. And then one day on the week uh, the before we got married, the day before my Bucks party, I got quite sick. I'd been spewing a bit and pooping a bit. And, uh, and so then what, what had always been the thing in my family was if you, you know, get sick, then you just eat simple food. So I woke up the next morning, the day of my Bucks party, and uh, I, I decided I was just going to have simple food. So I got some toast and I put Vegemite on it, which is kind of like, you know, like gluten spread with gluten. And I sat down and I ate it. And then I went with my brother-in-law to do some shopping. We had to buy some glasses and some drinks for the wedding. And so we went to Ikea and we went through Ikea and we started at the beginning and I was feeling good. But then as we kind of worked our way through the Ikea maze, I was just feeling worse and worse until we got to the end of the maze where the glasses we were trying to buy was. I was just like, oh, just pick whatever, I don't care. And then we hopped in the car and then we were driving from, from Ikea to Costco because we had to buy a whole lot of soft drink. 
and we were on the way to Costco and we got to Costco and I was lying like in the back, in the seat of the car, the, the thing was down, I, I said to my brother-in-law, you just go in, you go in and do the shopping, I'm just going to stay here and try not to die. So he went in and, uh, and then I was lying in the car and then I, and it just kind of got worse and worse and my stomach's going and then I've got these gut pains and then I'm like, man, this is, this is too much, I can't handle it. I was like, I gotta go to Costco. And so I jumped out of the car and I ran in and then I kind of made my way in. I had to kind of make it past the Costco bouncers because I didn't have a membership. And eventually I got in and let's just say I found the toilets and if most people go to Costco to pick up in bulk, I went to Costco and I dropped off in bulk. <laughs> That's what happened. And then I kind of made my way back into Costco and I kind of just sat on this swing, this lounge swing that you could buy for like, you know, $150 and I just sat there half dead and I was like, all right, I have to go to the doctor. So I went to the doctor and the doctor gave me a blood test and I said, come back in a little while. And so I came back at the end of the week, which was the 31st of October, 2014. And she said, you have celiac disease. And I was like, damn, that's the worst. Because I really love eating bread and I really love eating donuts. I really love all these other things. But the truth is, if I eat them, I die. And so now, instead of getting to eat these ones, you guys know these ones? These dinner rolls? Who likes them? Oh, so good. You put them in the oven and 10 minutes, then you pull them out and then you put the butter in and just... Well, I can't eat them. Because if I eat them, I die. And so, instead... I get to eat this stuff. Yeah. I've got, I've got my free from gluten, which, uh, which lasts forever because it's made out of brick. And then I've got this one. And this is for me, this is bread of death. It smells good and tastes great, but it'll kill me. And then this for me is the bread of life, which smells not great, doesn't taste amazing, but it keeps me alive. And these are the two things. Now, what we're talking about tonight, we're talking about the bread of life and the bread of death. And there's plenty of things in our life which we can look to and say, well, this is the kind of thing that gives me life. This is the kind of thing which I, I can go to and it will sustain me and it tastes good and smells good and seems really good, but in the end, it will kill me. But then there's other bread that we can eat, which is the bread of life. And in fact, it tastes great and smells great and it is great, but it's sometimes not as easy to eat as the other stuff. And so Jesus is that bread of life. He keeps talking about being the bread of life. Now you might be saying, why the heck would Jesus call himself the bread of life and why would he be telling us to eat him? Because that's weird. Why would we eat Jesus and why would we drink his blood? Like cannibalism is frowned upon in most cultures. And so why would he be talking about that? Well, who here knows how food works? One person knows how food works. I'm not talking about the, you know, the, the not very good shopping, you know, like the, the bad Woolworths food works, not that one. Like actually food works, you know how it works because you've learned about it in science and health. You put it in your mouth, you chew it, it goes down your, that one and into the stomach and then it gets squashed up and then it goes into your, these ones intestines and then as it's going through your intestines it gets absorbed by your intestines and then magic happens and it turns into energy and your body uses that energy either to make you fat but also 
if, you, if, you, if you're not eating too much of it, you'd use it to actually pump your heart and make your lungs work and make your, your legs run. And, and, and it keeps you alive. That's how food works, right? You don't want to disagree with that? You could, don't, I don't want science. Just want, like, yeah, that's how it works in general, right? That's how food works. Thank you. Yeah. So the way, and what Jesus is saying is that there are plenty of things in life that you can draw on for your sustenance. But those things that you can draw on may not give you actually give you life. They may be bread of death. But to him, if you turn to him and look to him for life, if you say, Jesus, I need you to keep me alive, to sustain me, he is what you need to have true life. Not just physical life, but life that is real life, life of purpose. Life of meaning, life of truth, and life that lasts forever. Full life that lasts forever. Not just living a long time, but actually a life that makes sense forever. Where you get to be in good relationship with God. And he's saying, if you want that, then you have to come to me. You have to look to me for life. Because there is no life outside of Jesus. That's what he is saying. And that, that for us is kind of, you know... It kind of can kind of make sense, but there are a lot of things in our life that we will look to to give us life. Well, you say, yeah, maybe Jesus is life, but there are a lot of things that can sustain us. But what Jesus is saying is that all those things that we look to to sustain us will let us down. There are plenty of things in life that will let us down. Plenty of times we go, that's going to be the thing that will be great, but in the end, it's not. I have to do a lot of talk writing in my life because I do a lot of speaking. And one of the things I do when I do a talk is uh, I'll often write the whole thing out and then I write every word and it works out to about like 5,000 words and then I delete all the words and I just have like the headings. And I do that and, and it takes a lot of my life. And then I saw this, this thing, like this program on the internet called Dragon Dictate. And what it does is you put it on your computer and then you can talk to your computer and then it'll write it down. So I don't have to type anymore. I can just talk to my computer. It's like, this is amazing. This will change my life. And so I was like, I, I got um, my church to buy it for me and I set it up on my computer. I was like, I'm going to have so much time because it'll take me like half an hour to do something that normally takes me like five hours. And so I sat down on my computer and I was like, all right, computer, let's go. And so I started speaking to it. And I said, I was like, the father of, sorry, God is the father. And they'd be like, God is the father. I was like, no. And they'd be like, no. I was like, you stupid program. They're like, you stupid program. I was like, delete, you stupid program. I was like, delete, you stupid. And, and stupid program is gone. And then it's like, no, delete father. And it says, delete father. It's like, no. <laughs> and it got so, and and I thought it would change my life, but instead of like, you know, taking like half an hour to do this task, it took me like seven hours to do this thing. And, and it emotionally frazzled me because I was angry at my computer. I was angry at myself for not knowing how to talk to my computer. I thought it would give me life. Instead, in fact, it just sucked it out of me. It was the worst. But you know that feeling. There are plenty of things that you go to and you think this will give me life, but it doesn't. And there are plenty of things that we can strive for and look to in life which don't actually give us life. So imagine that, you know, there might be some people who probably then their hope isn't put in like dragon dictate, but it can be in other things. So imagine, uh, actually, I'm going I'm to get some volunteers because we're going to get people to be these people. Oh, do you want to come on up? 
Yes, you can be our first person. What's your name? Peter. Yeah. All right, Peter. Uh, Peter here. Sorry. Just stand here. You're going to be our. You can stand here. Don't stand far away from people. There you go. So Peter here is our first person. Peter, uh, he has a dream, and he wants to be uh, a world-class business person. So you want to look like someone who's dreaming of world-class business? Yes, perfect. <laughs> As I tell you, that just just act out. So he's dreaming of world-class. So he, so he studies really hard, and he's studying really hard because he knows that if he studies hard, uh, then he's going to be able to get a good mark, and then he gets his good mark. And he goes, yes, I can go to university. And so he goes to university and he studies really hard some more. And so he gets his good, uh, good university degree. He's like, yes, I got my university degree. And he's really excited because once he gets his good university degree, then he's going to be able to go and get a good job. So he starts applying for lots of jobs. Like that. And then he, and then he goes to an interview. And, you go, oh, you can, oh, yeah. and then we, I talk to him. And then he gets his first job. And he's really excited. Yeah, there you go. And then he's really excited because like now my life, now my life is going to be on the trajectory that I want it to be on. And so then he starts working his way up the corporate ladder. Like this. Yeah, there you go. Where, and he, and he, beca- he works his way up to like manager and then like senior manager and then super senior manager. And then he makes it even to like, you know, like the, the super ultra most awesome manager level. That's where he's at, just below the CEO. And he's really pleased. That's what he's been aiming for his whole life. He's bringing in hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then when he's there, he realizes this is not as exciting as I wanted it to be. And then someone comes to him and says, Peter, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to let you go. And so then Peter goes away and sits down. And he's, and he's disappointed uh, because the thing that he was looking to life for, the thing he was working hard for, let him down. And the thing that he was aiming for was not what he wanted it to be. He thought there would be life in his work. Now, I know that's not Peter's actual story, but he thought there would be life in that, and it wasn't. And the truth is, if you are aiming, if you're like, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to get good grades, I'm going to be the best person I can be, I'm going to get the greatest job that I can get, that, you can do that, and it can be good, but it is not life. It will let you down. It will let you down because you'll reach your goals and it will not be what you want it to be. But it will let you down because you might, you might get there and then you might not, you might lose it all. Because there is no life in that. It is bread of death for you. Now, we probably don't have time to do more acting out, but imagine I get someone else up and then you act out the person who really wants to just get into a relationship. And they find the boyfriend or girlfriend and they're really, and they, they love it. But then, then they get broken up with. Or then they marry the person and the person doesn't turn out to be as nice as they thought they were. Or then they marry the person and the person is great but then they have kids and then the kids are rotten. <laughs> and those things that they thought would give them life is not life. Or imagine, well one more person, this is a really important person, imagine the person who loves Marvel movies. And they're, they're always watching Marvel movies and they're like, you know, I love Infinity War and I can't wait till Endgame. Yeah. And then they get there... And they get to the, the 24th of April and they watch Endgame. And either, and two things could happen. One is it's actually yeah, not very good. 
And they're like, man, I was waiting so long for this. They built it up and then it was a total letdown. And then they're like, well, what am I going to do now? Or they think it's great and then it's finished and it's over and then it's let down. Now, you probably don't draw life from Marvel, but you can say I draw life from being entertained or from being in the know with whatever cultural thing it is. And whatever it is that you draw life from, it will let you down. The only place that you can look to is to Jesus. There is no life outside of Jesus. That is why Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He says, whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Now, some of you might be thinking, okay, I know, I know it's not those things. You know, what we do is we do not strive to, to get rich or to get the right relationship or to be really good at sport or to be beautiful. We don't strive for those things. We strive to be good. We strive to be the people that God might want us to be. And some of you may be saying, yeah, and it doesn't even matter actually what religion you are. As long as you just are doing the good things and being the good person, then that is where life is found. Because that is what you're created to do, to live a good life. And if you do that, then you will find life. But the problem is, when, when you do that, you can strive to be good, but you'll never be good enough. You'll never live up to the standards that you have for yourself, let alone the standards that God has for you. Because what we see in this passage here is that God calls people not to be good but he calls people to his son because if he calls us to be good we will always be let down imagine that you are a really good person imagine you're a good person because you only ever you only do one thing wrong a day that's how good you are and it might be one little like like you just like one you tell one lie maybe a day or you think one mean thought a day or you punch one old lady in the kidneys a day. Just one bad thing a day, right? Imagine you're that person. You're pretty good, right? But if you do a week where you only do one bad thing, your one bad thing a day in the week means that you only do seven bad things in a week. That's not really very much, is it? In a year you would then do 365 bad things in a year. Unless it's a leap year, then you do 366. And then maybe you're not so good. But let's say that you live for 80 years. The first two years of your life, you don't do anything bad because, you know, up to two, you can't do bad stuff. I don't know if that's true, but let's just say it is. So then you've got 78 years of doing one bad thing a day. Well, all that is, is 28,470 things wrong. And at the end of your life, you want to say, oh yeah, I've been good enough. Oh God, I'm fine. Look, I've worked hard. I've been good. I've only done one bad thing a day. You can just forget about it. But the truth is, how can he forget about it? Like if a friend, if you had a friend who stole $1 a day off you, and then they're like, oh, forget about it. You'd be like, that's like $30,000. <laughs> I can't forget about $30,000. And when you do the wrong thing and you sin against God, it's a lot more than $30,000. What the Bible tells us is that the punishment for that is death. And so we do not get called, get drawn to be good. The Father, the God in heaven, does not say, come and be good people. 
Because he knows that we do not reach it. What does it say? When we look at the passage, it says this. No one can come to me unless the Father who who sent me draws them and I will raise them up on the last day. People are not drawn to be good. They are drawn to a person. They are drawn to Jesus. Because it's in Jesus where there is life. How is there life in Jesus? Well, he tells us. As we saw, it says this in verse 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Jesus knows it's, it's not about him being eaten but it is about him giving up his flesh, his actual physical flesh for the life of the world. How does he do that? He goes to the cross. And at the cross, he dies. He has nailed hands and feet to a cross. And there he is punished, not for his sin, because he did nothing wrong, but for our sin. All of God's anger is poured upon Jesus. Jesus dies so that we don't have to. Jesus dies because we have looked to other things for life, which in the end bring us death. Because the only place we find life is if we look to Jesus on the cross and say, if what you have done for me can be enough, may it be enough, please. May you save me. May I look to you for life. May I feed on your flesh. May I drink your blood. Not literally, but may I look to you only for life because there is only life in you. The Father does not draw us to be good people. He draws us to a person. He draws us to Jesus. And how do we know that there is life in Jesus? We know because he comes back to life. Today is Easter Saturday. Tomorrow morning is Easter Sunday. The time when we remember that Jesus rose again. That some women came to the tomb to find Jesus. And when they got there, they didn't find a body. They found an empty tomb because Jesus had come back to life. And then he gave them the task to go and let people know that he was alive again. There is nowhere else where you can find someone who has beaten death and beaten it for good except Jesus Christ. And so the only way that you will find life and life forever is if you look to the one who has beaten death. There is only life in Jesus because it's only through him that you can have life. It's only through him that you can have forgiveness. It's only through him that you can find meaning and purpose that lasts forever, that will not let you down. And you know he won't let you down because he has already beaten death. Everything else will end, but Jesus will live forever. And so you can put your trust in him. And that's the promise of Jesus. If you trust in him, as Jesus says in this passage, and he's going to say it again tomorrow, he will raise you up on the last day. In the same way that he rose again, you will rise again with him and have life forever with him. Is that something that you want? Because everything else is death. It's only in Jesus that you find life and life forever. Will you put your trust in him? If you are a Christian, then what this means for you is that you cannot look anywhere else for life it is good to get a good career and it's good to to find someone and to marry them or to not find someone and not marry them both of them can be good it's good to watch marvel movies it's good to do well at sport it's good to have great instagram presence probably it's good 
It is good to do these things, but know that that is not where life is. So do not look to them for life. Look only to Jesus and all those other things, give them to him. So that as you give your work, as you give your academic results, as you give your friendships, as you give your relationships, as you give your entertainment, as you give your social media presence, as you give it to him, he can use it to give life to others as it points to him. Do not look to anything else for life. Look only to Jesus and let everything else be submitted to him so that life can flow, flow through those things. But if you are not a Christian, then what this means is that whatever else you are looking to for life, it will let you down. Your family will let you down. Your friends will let you down. Your health will let you down. All these things will let you down. Only Jesus has beaten death on your behalf. Only Jesus has made it so that you can be forgiven for your sins. Only Jesus has paid for that 28,470 plus things you have done wrong. Only he has done that and only he can welcome you into God's family and only he can raise you up on the last day so that you can live forever with him. If you want that, then put your trust in Jesus and say, I know that it is only in you that I find life. You are the bread of life. May my life be about following you. What we're going to do now is we're going to say a prayer. And uh, the way this prayer is going to work is that if you want to give your life to Jesus, you can say this prayer with me silently in your heart to him. And then after that, uh, we're going to have, we're going to respond. But the prayer is going to go like this. Like we're going to say, um, sorry to Jesus for the things we've done wrong and for looking in other places for life. We're going to uh, ask for Jesus' forgiveness we're going to thank Jesus that he died and rose again for us. And we're going to ask Jesus to help us to live for him and to look, for him, look to him for life. That's what we're going to say. I'm telling you now because, like I said, I don't want to trick you into anything. You know what you're signing up for. If you want to say that prayer, then you can say it along with me. And then when we finish the prayer, I want you to keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed. Can we do that? All right, let's do that. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads and we will say this prayer. Well, that was a talk, and I hope it was helpful for you. If you want more talks, or to read my blog, or order my book, or even to book me to speak, remember to go to tomfrench.com.au. It's my home on the internet. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWFrench, or on Insta at TWFrench. And don't forget to give this podcast a rating and review wherever you get your podcast so that other people might be able to discover it too. Till next time, have a good one.